Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. Don't forget, as we close the week out, we will have a Reardon Roundtable on Friday. Jane Duker will be back. She was texting me last night from her um, nosebleed seats as I was down on the floor at the Eagles. I just have to rub that in, and I will on Friday. It was a great show, but Jane will be back after taking a week off. Gene Evans and State Rep Steve Butts all on the panel on Friday. Uh, my friend Jessica Radloff, Glamour Magazine senior West Coast editor, and she's a St. Louis native, and she just had this amazing opportunity from Chuck Lorre and the team from The Big Bang Theory to write the definitive inside story of that epic hit series. It's like a 500-page book. It came out a couple of weeks back, and she is at the Jewish Book Fair and signing copies tonight, so we'll have her um, visit with us in the studio. I haven't seen her in a long time. She has been great to my show over the years, just reporting on entertainment tidbits from Hollywood. She goes to all the awards and knows a lot of the St. Louis actors, actresses as well, John Hamm, Ellie Kemper, etc. So J-Rad's coming in. Um, we have an audio cut of that. I do want to kind of update people on a terrible story from California that you may have seen some reference to if you haven't. What happened was 25, and when this story first broke earlier today, you weren't sure if this was on purpose or not. It looks like maybe the kid fell asleep, but 25 sheriff's recruits were hurt five critically on a training run in Whittier, California, outside of L.A. today. And what happened was is they were all involved. I'm going to play a little bit of audio here from William Lajeunesse from Fox. There were about 75 recruits total, two combined classes, that were running in formation with an SUV veered and just plowed over these guys this morning. Remaining critical right now, 23 injured, including the driver, after this SUV crossed the middle lane going the wrong way and struck this formation of recruits who are out for a morning run around 6.30 this morning. 75 runners in the group, 65 men, 10 women, mostly in their 20s. Part of a cadet training program or academy, they were in week eight of a 22-week program. The graduates will then enter the sheriff's department or other police agencies. It happened in Whittier, which is just southeast of L.A. The 22-year-old male driver is in custody. All cadets were wearing white t-shirts, shorts, and bright yellow reflective tape around their waistband. There were also eight of the recruits were road guards. They had bright reflective vests. Now, the sheriff said the group was accompanied by two police patrol cars, one front, one behind. And this still happens even with that. And then, so what happened? Because again, when the story first broke this morning, and I didn't even know, I think the first uh, initial reports was just a small group, um, not, not 25, and I guess totally 75 in the group. But what happened here? The chaos, you know, that ensued 
he said it looked like an airplane wreck. There were so many bodies scattered everywhere in different states of injury that it was uh, pretty traumatic for all individuals involved. The only silver lining, they, this happened about 500 feet away from a fire station, so you had the paramedics. The four critical casualties were taken immediately by patrol cars to trauma hospitals nearby. All right, just a terrible story. We'll keep you updated on that. The other, obviously, the big political story of the day is Trump getting in this race. Ron DeSantis has been very quiet. Yesterday, we played the audio. I think this was my audio cut of the day where he said, look, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to govern. One of the things I've learned, like, learned in this job is... Um, uh, when you're do when you're leading, when you're getting getting things done, yeah, you take incoming fire. That's just the nature of it. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I would just uh, tell people to go check out the scoreboard from last Tuesday night. So the former president gets back in the race last night. He's at Mar-a-Lago. I do think that it it sounded very low energy. He called Jeb Bush low energy. He didn't sound very high energy. America's comeback starts right yes! now. For millions of Americans, the past two years under Joe Biden have been a time of pain, hardship, anxiety, and despair. In order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for President of the United States. And then DeSantis today said this. We just finished this election, okay? People just need to chill out a little bit on some of this stuff. I mean, seriously, we just ran an election. We have this Georgia runoff coming, which is very important for Republicans to win that Georgia runoff. I mean, I know around the country, uh, Florida was kind of the, the biggest bright spot. It was not so bright in many other parts of the country. It was, a, it, was a, it was a substandard performance given the dynamics that are at play. So hopefully we'll be able to be able to do that. But I think what people like me who've been given the opportunity to continue is, OK, uh, let's do something with that. And the reason why we won historic victory is at the end of the day, we led, we delivered, and we had your back when you needed us. That, that is why we won big. Yeah, so he's just going to keep doing his job and focus on his accomplishments and, and probably, well, I think the best strategy would be don't get drawn into the, uh, the nonsense of Ron DeSantis and all this stuff like that. And then there's Mike Pence. Remember, he used to be Trump's vice president. We'd like new leadership, and I, I'm confident uh, Republican primary voters will give us just that in uh, whoever the man or woman is that is our standard bearer. So, you know, politics is politics, and everyone's going to have their opinions on whether Trump can do this, whether he can't do it, uh, whether he should do it. I was extremely wrong, as I often am in 2016, almost to the point where I had to shave all my head off. Some of you are familiar with that story. But in order to be successful, for the most part in politics, you, you have to have money. And one thing that I saw today, and I, I should ask John Lapping about this earlier because I know that he'd weigh in on that, is that there's a guy named Stephen Schwartzman who is the chairman and the CEO of Blackstone, a big private equity group. And he's defecting from Trump. Now, this is important because... This is a mega donor, very close with Trump, engaged with him on trade issues, had some poll in the White House. His decision follows that of Ken Griffin. Ken Griffin is the hedge fund CEO that um, kind of wants to push his way to the top of GOP funders, GOP funders. And, and he's, he wants to go all in on Republicans in the next cycle. So, and this is according to Ed Morrissey over at Hot Air today, he says, two days before the midterms, when many still expected Trump's primary candidates to win their elections, Griffin announced, so this is before last Tuesday, he announced that he would back DeSantis. 
in 2024, no matter who else ran. And even though DeSantis hadn't said a word about a presidential run after the ripple and not the wave, Griffin called Trump a three-time loser in an interview with Bloomberg. Now, these these things can certainly backfire on, on some people, and Trump is not going to back down to a lot of people. But look, if you have um, Griffin... If you have Schwartzman, these are big, big, mega. These aren't millionaires. These aren't hundred, you know, millionaires. These are billionaires. Some people say Trump doesn't need the money, right? Well, he he still needs the money in order to win. And I guess the question would be: Do you want to win the White House or do you want to win Congress? You want to win the Senate back because you absolutely need money for that. But. There's a lot of this happening right now, and I think I've made myself pretty clear that I'm pushing in the Ron DeSanctimonious category. I've I've had enough of what was in the past, and I want to move forward. And I do give the president, the former president, a lot of credit for the successes. We talked about this earlier when former Senator Lamping joined me. You know, he's a guy that surprised a lot of us who are conservatives with um, with the priorities that he had, and then of course you get the Supreme Court picks as well. But that was then. This is now, ladies and gentlemen. And I think a lot of people, a lot more people than we might think are kind of in that category right now. At least I hope so. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Well, 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 look who's in the studio with me this afternoon. My old friend, Jessica Radla. Young I haven't friend, seen you. Young friend, Yeah, Mark. Oh, that's true. I'm the, I'm the old one. My young friend, Jessica Radloff, who just wrote this book on the Big Bang Theory. But I feel like I haven't seen you literally in years, which is probably because we haven't seen each other in literally years, I know, right? I know. It's so crazy. When was the last time I was here? I can't even remember. It's we been should, years. We should set the stage and a little bit. I'm still bit. young. Well, you are. You look great. But we should <laughs> kind of explain, because you know I switched over to 97.1, and you were with me for many years on the KMOX side. Let's give a little background on that before we get into how you came to write this book about one of the most popular shows in television history, because 
because you were always, and you know this, and I don't say this to embarrass you, but I always say that you're like one of the most connected people, if not the most connected Hollywood person here in St. Louis. And you've reported on awards and Hollywood type of uh, stories for years now in several, uh, you know, different incarnations, if you will. But you've been with Glamour Magazine now for a while, right? For 11 years, which is... Has it been that long? It has, so I am old. <laughs> That'll be the running theme. Young versus old. But yes, we were doing years. this before that even I know, happened. I've known you for a really long time. Yeah. The Twitter brought us like together. You. Remember the, the Twitter, Twitter brought us oh together? Oh, God, the Twitter. I love how you say the Twitter. Because it was, it, we had lunch one time at the, the old Jackbox. Was it the Four Seasons? I yeah. thought it was Jackbox, oh, but you might too. be right. Yeah. But it was Derek Gould, Chris Reimer, who mm-hmm. was uh, Rizzo T's on Twitter. And yeah. we all kind of were chiming in on others, you know, our our posts in the early days of Twitter, and I don't know who it was. I think it was Reimer, so let's get together for lunch, and that's how we became friends, and that's how I met you years ago. I know, when I was back writing for AOL St. Louis and covering the Cardinals and yeah, everything around then. You want to was... you want to hear something sad? Um, because Not the other really. thing, yeah, the other thing that Jessica and I used to we used to see each other in L.A. and I would go out for Channel Four. You were on Channel Four on Great Day this morning. This... And what happened was with Great Day St. Louis, they kind of cut back in the pandemic. So I was going to Hollywood. It had probably died down in 2019 to only three times a year. But for a while, I was going, you know, six, seven, eight times a year, yeah. and we'd hang out, have a bite to eat, or something like that. But the pandemic kind of killed my movie stuff, and it's it's a little sad for me, but it is what it is. I know. That is very sad, because I would like you out in L.A. more, for sure. So Well, I, I miss it. I do. I grew to like L.A. quite a bit, and the... Um, well, yeah, you mentioned that's right. You mentioned the Four Seasons. That was the Four Seasons was in Beverly Hills. We yes. had lunch here at Jack Bucks. Right. That's where my confusion came in. Yes. yes, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to confuse oh, you. Oh, the desserts at the Four Seasons. Amazing. So the Big Bang Theory. Yes. We've talked a lot about this. You had a relationship with um, with the cast, the producers. You were in the series finale, right? I a little was. cameo in there. I was in a scene with Sheldon and Amy, which was so cool. To tell be able tell to the quick do. story of how that came about. It came about because during the 200th episode party for the Big Bang Theory, I was playing a game with everyone saying, can you spell Kuthrapali, which was Raj's right. last name. Right. And Steve Malaro, who I adore, I said, all right, Steve, spell it. And he spelled it wrong. And he said, I didn't spell it wrong. I write this show. I know. And I said, well, you spelled it wrong, Steve. So he's like, no. And then he was so embarrassed. And he said, oh, my God. He goes, what happens now? And I said, I want a cameo on the show. Totally joking, not right, thinking right. it would happen. And he was like, Okay, fine. And then nothing happened. So this was back in season um, eight or nine, I believe it was. And then really the finale where his assistant called and was like, okay, we have a role for you. I mean, but what better way? What great timing to get to do it for the series finale. That I got to play a journalist. Yes. I mean, big stretch for me. Right, but, you exactly. Know. <laughs> but you had, you had, um, and this will kind of walk us into the oral history of the Big Bang Theory, which is now out and you're in town to um, sign copies. But you had developed a relationship and even a friendship with some members of the cast, right? Yeah, and that's why I said, you know, when this book was first, you know, broached as a, as a possible idea, I said, I'm not going to do this unless Chuck Lorre and the cast are on board, because if they don't want to do this, then I'm not doing it. I'm not going to risk those relationships. But I also wanted them, even though we are all very close, I knew they had to be very honest and open with me. You know, this, this couldn't just be all rainbows and sunshine. We had to really tell the story of everything that went on behind the scenes of the show and how it became the hit that it did, because it did not start that way. Yeah. Maybe we should go back to, to that point. I don't really remember how it started. 
Well, it started with a TV pilot, and uh, and it failed. I mean, it, it was it was terrible, and they will be the first to admit that. Same cast or different people? A little bit different cast. Okay. He still had Johnny Galecki and Jim Parsons in the lead role, but there was a different actor playing the role of Penny, which was called Katie at the time. Okay. And I interviewed her for the book because imagine what that was like to be cast as the female lead in The Big Bang Theory and then have it recast and then it go on to be this huge global phenomenon. Is it someone we know? No, but she was a writer. She went on to become a writer for Schitt's Creek, and she's done a lot of other... Great show. Yes, great show. She's done a lot of other shows. She's never given an interview before. This was her first interview for the book about that experience. And, um, yeah, it was a totally different pilot. You know, some elements were the same. You can watch bits and pieces on YouTube, actually, if you you kind of search for it. Um, But it was very dark, and, you know, they they really... um, they did another pilot because the first one wasn't going to go, and um, they they redid the sets. They changed the characters. They brought in Kutherpali and Wallowitz because they did not exist in the first pilot. So all those character breakdowns are in the book, too. You see how it kind of evolved. And it was also called Lenny, Penny, and Kenny originally. It wasn't even called The Big Bang Theory. So this show went through a lot of transformation to get to what it was. And even during season one, it only was 68 in the ratings, which is pretty incredible considering it became the number one show. Did, did the pilot ever air, the, the original pilot? No. Okay. The original pilot never aired, so you can see little bits and pieces of it online. I was able to watch the full thing to prepare for the book. Um, but you can see a little bit of it online. It's totally different. Um, and then, yeah, and then the original... The original second pilot is on HBO Max in its entirety because there is a scene in the very beginning. That's of the, interesting. There's a scene at the very beginning of The Big Bang Theory, which does not air in reruns on TBS because it's kind of risque. Oh. It takes place at a sperm bank um, with Sheldon and Leonard. And anybody that knows Sheldon and Leonard know they would never be caught dead at a sperm bank, especially back then. Um, but that scene exists on HBO Max. So That's there is so much stuff that, yeah, that didn't... Um, that nobody knew about, and we just kind of uncovered as we were doing this oral history. That is awesome. The Big Bang Theory, the definitive inside story of the Epic Hits series. Jessica Radloff, St. Louis native, is with us to talk about the book. So when when was it then that they realized they were onto something and that the ratings were starting to pick up? Was it the, the end of the first season, the second season? It was actually Comic-Con after season one because Chuck Lorre was scared that nobody was going to show up to their panel. They didn't even understand why they were going to Comic-Con. And then when they were being shuttled from their hotel to the convention center, there was all these people outside and they're like, oh, look, there's a lot of people. What show are they there for? And they said, no, they're here for your show. And oh. that's when Chuck realized this is something different. We're, we're on to something that we've never been a part of before. But even so, it climbed from 68 into the low 40s for season two. Syndication is when it really exploded in season five. But they knew at Comic-Con that this was something different. So the, the chemistry obviously developed in, in a very great way. But I, I wonder, what was it that had people connected to that show maybe when it was taking off? Was it that? Because Sheldon and Leonard, odd couple, kind of yeah. a little weird, offbeat, different characters we've been used to seeing, yeah. you know, awkward. People could relate to that. People, and it was funny. Yes, it was so funny. And people can really relate to that. It's, it's just this feeling. And, you know, it's funny. Chuck Lorre does not like the word nerds. He hates when Big Bang is referred to as a nerd comedy. It's a show about people that were feeling left out and like they didn't belong. And I think all of us can relate to that at some point. It doesn't matter if you're into science or comic books or superheroes or whatever it is. You just sometimes feel different. And I know I did growing up with three learning disabilities. I never felt like I was, you know, part of any particular sure. group. And 
So people related to these stories of feeling outside and also how do you relate to someone that is the more popular person and how do you forge those friendships? So that's really what it was. And it just kept growing and people saw themselves in these characters. So when I want you to explain, this is described as an oral history. Uh So because that's a unique and I've seen oral histories um, related to some other things, but you well, you describe it. You wrote the book. So yes. you, you have all these characters chiming in. They tell these stories to you from their perspectives, right? right? Diff- and different than they all kind of converge. Yes. <laughs> or maybe not. <laughs> well, it was so funny because my dad reads all the um, reviews on Amazon. And one person wrote a review and said, this is terrible. She just copied and pasted interviews and from her transcript and put it together. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. You don't understand how oh. an oral history works. <laughs> Don't read the reviews. And I was like, but it was like one of the only bad ones, so I was fine with it. But um, but I understand why people might think that. What it really is, it's doing the amount of research that went into this and then going to each actor and each person involved in the show, asking them questions, having them tell the story of how this came to be in a narrative that connects the dots. Right. And then also... I then insert myself to explain what was going on, and then they kind of go off of that. So it's really this the story of how this show became the huge hit that it was and is still is um, with all their personal, sure. you know, moments and everything behind the scenes. So that's really an oral history is all the interviews put together in a coherent narrative. So I, I'm guessing this wasn't just done in one shot. So you're talking to Kaylee Cuoco and then do you talk to her again when things come up? How does the process work? Yes, the process. So I did 120 hours of all new interviews with the cast and basically so Jim Parsons and I did 20 hours. So we would wow. do two hour sessions and in person on the phone. How do we you do did it? Jim and I did it over the phone. Okay. Um, Kaylee Cuoco and Johnny Galecki and I did them over Zoom. So it just depended on what someone's personal preference was. And um, I would ask some questions and then we'd do an interview and then somebody else would tell me a story and then I would take that story and go back to that person. And, you know, there's there's a really funny story where Jim Parsons said to me once, he's like, I forgot to tell you the story about Kaylee Cuoco and the plunger. So he tells me the story about Kaylee and the plunger in their dressing room. And then I go back to Kaylee with this story. And I was like, okay, what's the deal? Tell me what's going on. And yeah. then she does. So you really just keep bouncing off of each other. And that's how you get these stories, which was really fun. And I they really enjoyed it, which was which I think they did not expect to enjoy going down memory lane as much as they did. But Jim said it was like therapy for him. That's interesting. Kaylee and the Plungers, great band, by the way, from the 1970s. I don't know, it just struck me as that. So you've had a couple of nuggets that have broken out into the, the, you know, the national Hollywood news um, world. And we talked to you about this a few weeks ago, but the Kaylee Cuoco short haircut comes to mind, right? Yes. <laughs> she told that story. Yes. So See, we, and I liked it, but it was jarring at the time, wasn't it? Oh, it was so jarring. We ran that excerpt in Glamour before the book came out. And yeah, she chopped her hair. She had this gorgeous long blonde hair and she chopped it into a pixie. Didn't tell anybody. And um, it it looked great on Kaylee. Didn't quite work for the character of Penny, even though she was changing careers at the time. But you know, Chuck says that the ratings dropped. I don't think the ratings dropped. The show got, you know, got more ratings. But, he really um, does say that? He said the ratings he dropped? He said the ratings yeah. dropped, which I get. It dropped on Felicity. It dropped on other shows, you know. But, um, yeah, it wasn't my favorite look. Kaylee rocked it. Penny, eh. So, yeah. yeah, so she goes into that, how she didn't tell anybody and what Chuck's reaction was. And, yeah, so that was that was a fun one to uncover. And then she had to wear a wig. For a little bit, which she hated, and she kept the wig. She still has the wig in her house as a reminder never to cut her hair again. That's interesting. So, were, were there 
and I can't remember, I've seen so many episodes and everything, but were there guest appearances and things like that that you focused on at all? People that came through the show over the years? Yeah, so Bob Newhart did a 45-minute interview for the book, which was so fun. I mean, imagine Bob Newhart calling you. I was here in St. Louis, and, you know, my parents are sitting around the table, and my sister, we're all listening to Bob Newhart, who basically did, like, a comedy show on the phone. Um, Same with Mark Hamill. He had never spoken about his guest appearance on The Big Bang Theory. He married Sheldon and Amy, and um, he's never been interviewed about it. So he was going to do a 20-minute interview with me. He's He was in one episode. I'm like, what more can I ask him after 20 minutes unless I want to talk Star Wars? And he ended up talking to me for an hour and a half because he loves the show. And he was so fascinated Jessica Radloff, you talked to Luke Skywalker yes. for an hour and a half. Yes. That in and of itself, outside of all your other career achievements, is really, I, I think, pretty cool. I, I love that. Yeah, pretty amazing. And he just was so kind and lovely. So, yeah, that was really fun. So he's in the book as well. And, um, you know, you have other guest stars like Will Wheaton, who's in there, and John Ross Bowie. And, you know, so it's really, it was cool to kind of get the band back together here. Well, I followed you. Obviously, we follow each other on the socials. I've seen you've been all over the place. Were you in New York this week? I was in New York last week. I've, I was just figuring it out. So I flew in last night from, from L.A. This is my sixth flight in less than a month. So, um, yeah. So it's How is been... this with the tables being turned? Because obviously I've interviewed you over the years, but it's really, it's more of a conversation. But you're the person who interviews, you know, celebrities and, and people that are involved in entertainment. Now the tables are turned. Oh, How's that going? It is eye-opening. Is it? It's been fun, but it's very eye-opening. Do you ever and want you... to say to someone, that's a just dumb question. Ask oh, another yes. one. Oh, yes. No, there has been times <laughs> that I've wanted to say, like, what? Or, you know, it's just, I am so... Um, critical of myself when I'm writing stories and putting it together. And, um, you know, you just, you expect the same with everybody else. And that's just not how it sometimes is. So you do really see certain things being on the other side of it, which has been really uh, very interesting. But there's also been some really wonderful people that have done interviews and it's been great. And, And Chuck and I went to Entertainment Tonight and we did a segment there, which was so fun to be back on the set and have, you now, know, have you so, talked to some of the cast members since it, since it came out? Any connect, I, I communication have. there? They're still talking to me, thank goodness. You know, so yeah, that's, thank God, right? <laughs> yeah, so that's definitely good. <laughs> Melissa Roush and I did some fun videos from the set as well. She played Bernadette. Um, so I talked to Jim Parsons, and I went to see him in his play in New York the other week, and he, I had him sign my copy of the book, and he said in there, he said, thank you for all the hours of therapy. I love you. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really proud of this, and I'm also really proud of them because they all went there. Someone said that how they open up in this book is with stories that are usually saved for someone's memoir. They would not have done that without your involvement. I'm confident of that. You were trusted with this project and that's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. And you knew very early on it was happening Uh, because I was so secretive about this. I was like, I was adamant that nobody could really know. You told me at one point, you're like, I think I might have a book project. And then I'm like, okay, tell me about it and tell me. And then you're like, and I'm pretty good actually keeping secrets. Yes, you are. And you did. Yeah. And the cast did too because I was like, guys, with all the interviews that you do you make no mention I just didn't want people to know until it was actually announced and you could pre-order it because I just knew that once the fans found out this would go crazy and I wanted to kind of keep it very close to the the chest so that we could get this done 
Well, let's not bury the reason you're in town. Not only to see the uh, the parents, um, your and mom, the cats. your mom's, yes. oh, the cats, and we. I love my cats I too. I've, we used to send you pictures of, of the kittens. But you're in town for the Jewish Book Festival, right? Yes, tonight is the Missouri's own authors event, um, and it's really cool that they're having me in because I went to camp all my life at the J. Um, nice. And uh, they're having me back there tonight, so it feels weird not going in camp clothes and being there during the summer. But I'm really, I'm really excited. And um, can fans still show up tonight? Or yes, is you there... don't have to be Jewish. Okay. You can totally, you can totally <laughs> go. It's open to everybody, just as camp was and everything. But um, yeah, tickets are on the Jays website okay. at their Creef Core campus, and um, I believe it's twenty five dollars. And I'll be speaking, and then I'll be doing a signing there, and. So, yeah, I'd love everybody to come are you, out. Are you giving the crowd all those books that you brought in you just had me sign because you were tired of signing stuff? Are those the ones you're giving away tonight? I'm just kidding. So what? I'm like, I'm so like, what? I am kidding. I always wondered about that because, like, you can't tell me that big name people, not that you're not big name, yeah. who sign copies of books that someone else isn't signing them for them. Like, that's not really No, but signature. you want to know something really funny, and I hope Chuck Lorre doesn't kill me for saying this, but we did a signing at Barnes & Noble in Los Angeles, and the two of us, we just kept, like, sending books around, signing them, yeah. and you get to a point where you forget your own name or what, how you're signing it, and he's like, I think at some point I started signing the book Chick Lorre or <laughs> Chuck Lorre or something. He's like, oh my god, that's terrible, and I was like, I was like, I think it's very endearing, but you do, you kind of, and then your name doesn't even look right no, anymore. You're no. like, is this, is that how I spell my name? So yes, it's all, it's all us, but at the same time, get too many and you're like, what? No, that's funny. <laughs> is that well, my name? Congratulations on everything. Thank and, you. Uh, Thank you for see, being such a big supporter. You'll see all kinds of pictures and fun stuff and Chick Laurie is definitely featured in here. <laughs> In uh, all and kinds of ways. And by the way, ways. can I tease one more thing in the sure. book? People have always wanted to know Penny's last name. It was never revealed on the show. You will finally get an answer with photo proof in the book. There you go. Jessica Radloff. I like to call her J-Rad. Enjoy like the stay in Mark St. Reardon. Louis. The young Mark Reardon. <laughs> the young. Uh, I don't know about that. It's so good to see you. And it's we'll so communicate more. You. You'll, you'll be able to take a little breath soon, I think, right? Yes, definitely. The book comes out in Brazil today. Then Germany in, in April. Oh, no, really so there's no, there's no No, but I downtime. really want to go to Germany and eat pretzels. Absolutely. We'll see you soon. Can't wait. Thank Our you. whole universe was in a hot, dense state that nearly 14 billion years ago expansion started. Wait, the earth began to cool, the autotrophs began to drool, Neanderthals developed tools, we built a wall. We built the pyramids, math, science, history, unraveling the mystery. It all started with a big bang. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 
All right, I have an audio cut of the day coming up here in just a couple of minutes. I wish I had the audio of this, but I just found this story this afternoon. I'm going to have to look it up. Um, Sue, we talked about the SNL monologue by Chappelle on Saturday night, which I thought was outstanding. Yeah, it was. But, of course, he is being deemed anti-Semitic for using anti-Semitic tropes in that. So now he hates the Jews as well. Even though if you listened, you have to listen to what Dave is saying. That's not what he was doing and that's not his message. So I literally cannot stand Stephen Colbert. I don't understand why people think he's funny or interesting. And um, I do like one of his Christmas songs. That I play. Oh, that's interesting. Um, it's just kind <laughs> no, of a goofy Christmas song. Well, no. it's, it's like, here's another Christmas. It's kind of a funny, I satirical gotcha. song. But I don't find him funny at all. I actually mm-hmm. used to find Jon Stewart rather interesting when yeah. he had The Daily Show. But I bring this up because uh, Jon Stewart is Jewish, and he went on The uh, Colbert Show, and he was asked about this. And, of course, woke Stephen Colbert was all set up for the, oh, this is anti-Semitism, Dave's a bad guy, all this stuff. So Stewart kind of weighs in. And at first, and this is a rundown from John Sexton today, but at first he says, um, basically, and he's joking around, he's a comedian, right? He says that when he saw the Jews trending on Twitter, he knew it wouldn't turn out to be positive, as our spokes-Jew, Stewart said to laughter. So that's John Stewart saying that. And then he goes into this rant about how Jews collectively wield power over the world. I don't know who ended Kanye's Adidas deal. That wasn't my committee. I'm on oil prices and bagel flavors. So John Stewart kind of being funny there. But then, you know, Colbert wants to say, oh, you're, you're being very generous. Um, in other words, the interpretation would be, Here's John Stewart making jokes on, on, instead of using his platform on late night TV on my show to condemn Dave Chappelle and other anti-Semitic people and Kanye. So this got this is where I want to find the tape because sometimes you can you can hear the tone a little bit better. But here's the quote that I see. Everybody calls me like, you see Dave on SNL? And I say, yes, we're very good friends. I always watch and send nice texts, Stuart speakers. He normalized, this is what people are sending him, right? He normalized anti-Semitism with the monologue. Um, I don't know if you've been on the comment sections on most news articles, but it's pretty normal. It's incredibly normal. The one thing I will say is I don't believe censorship and penalties are the way to end anti-Semitism or to gain understanding. I don't believe in that. It's the wrong way for us to approach that. So he went on to say that penalizing, this is where I would agree with John Stewart, penalizing someone for having a thought is not the way to change their minds or to gain understanding. And he said, look, people think this. People think Jews control Hollywood. People think Jews control the banks. And to pretend that they don't and to not deal with it in a straightforward manner, we will never gain any understanding of each other. And, you know, I guess this is the part that I really found interesting because Colbert jumps back in and says, um, well, people have the right to say whatever they want. So what is the response? He said that calling everything anti-Semitism was reductive and Colbert challenges him and says, look, well, even if it was with comedic intention, you still have this guy, Dave Chappelle, engaging in anti-Semitic tropes. And this is really the moment that I think Stewart shined here. He says comedy is reductive. He said we play with tropes because everyone has prejudice in their lives and in the way that they view things. Thank you, John Stewart, for being honest about that. It's absolutely true, which is exactly why we make fun Correct. of some of these things, right? So he says comics rely on those prejudices as a shorthand for our material. Even the wokest of comics plays with tropes to a certain extent. 
And I think that that's absolutely true. And, and he, he also goes on, and I'll see if I can find some of this audio. Where he goes, look, here's the deal. We have our own tropes, Jewish people. Like a white person's success is because of privilege. Uh, minority success is empowerment. Uh, Jews' success, that it's a conspiracy. You feel that. I feel that. But I have to be able to express that to people. If I can't say that's BS and explain why then, where do we go? Or I'm sorry, if I can't say and call BS and explain why then and where do we go? Um, I just thought that was a good response. I think he could have probably roughed up Stephen Colbert a little bit more than he did. But thank God, at least he's sticking up for um, for Dave Chappelle. Right. Because I don't know how many other people are doing that right now. Uh, other I comedians. haven't heard of any. No. Or at least they haven't gotten coverage. You know, here's something I think I forgot about. This kind of disqualifies much of what I said about Jon Stewart. But he's got this show called The Problem with Jon Stewart. And he did an episode this year called The Problem with White People. And he invited Andrew Sullivan to come on to speak against critical race theory, et cetera. And then Sullivan says this, the point of the session was not to discuss anything but to further enforce the dogma he had pronounced. So I find myself in the equivalent of one of the workplace indoctrination seminars in which any disagreement is regarded as a form of hate or ignorance. But worse, I was in a struggle session with a live mob sitting in cheering and jeering, which Stewart led and orchestrated. For good measure, Stewart called me a racist and told me I was not living in the same blanking country as we are and went on to angrily call me a MFer. Wow. See, I didn't know about that. So everything I said about John Stewart, he's right about Dave Chappelle, okay? But that's pretty embarrassing. Sullivan wrote, I'm a big boy and I smiled through these assaults, but it does strike me as astounding that someone who once insisted that he believed in good faith debates and not circus-like theater, someone who postured as an open-minded and disdainful of silly political grandstanding behaved this unprofessionally. Stewart show made the old Carlson Begala crossfire. Remember that? Remember the Tucker Carlson, Paul Begala Crossfire from, oh. I think that would be late 90s, seemed like a model of substantive and elevated debate. Um, so the bottom line is John Stewart said the right things about Dave Chappelle, but he's wrong about most of these other things, and he's about as woke as they come as well. That's your, uh, I think that's your takeaway here on John Stewart, unfortunately. Um, but I'm encouraged that he st- st- you know, stood up for Dave just a little bit. 554-971 FM Talk, let's do this. Playback ready. Now, the audio cut of the day. All right, cut of the day is sponsored by the Good Feet Store. It's all about comfort, energy, performance, and pain relief. I'm going to get away from politics. We did a lot of politics. We played Trump, DeSantis today. I thought this was interesting advice from Jeff Bezos. How much is he worth? Uh, Billions. billions? I don't know. Amazon guy. So if you're struggling out there with inflation, I think he's saying don't buy things on Amazon. What I can tell you is... Uh, the economy does not look great right now. My advice to people, whether they're small business owners or, you know, is uh, uh, take some risk off the table. If you were going to make a, a purchase, maybe slow down that purchase a little bit. So if you're an individual and you're thinking about buying a new, you know, large screen TV, maybe slow that down. Keep that cash. See what happens. Same thing with a refrigerator or a new car or whatever. Just take some risk off the table. If you're a small business, maybe uh, delay some capital purchases. Do you really need that new piece of equipment? Hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. Well, he's a smart guy, and there's a reason he got to where he is, but it's interesting that here we are upon the holiday season, the guy that runs the biggest e-commerce site, if you want to call it that, on the planet, they do have Chinese sites that are comparable, is saying, be careful with your money, right? Yeah, he is. It's good advice, because we're in for a wild ride. There you go. That's your audio cut of the day. On 97.1 FM Talk, we're back at 3 tomorrow. Have a great night. Enjoy the soccer game if you're going. Get more at 971talk.com. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.